Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Swiss Ballers Pod. I'm Fabo and as always I'm joined by two absolute ballers, my good friends Toto in London and Armin back home in Zurich. How are we doing boys? Hello guys. Hello guys, hope you're doing well. Yes, uh, two games left in the Premier League and for the first time you'll be able to see us as well as listen to us. Uh, and this is just the first of a few changes coming your way on this podcast, uh, which should be exciting. Um, we'll start We'll start the same way as usual. Uh, Toto, who do you think is the most two-footed player in the Premier League at the moment? Uh, right now, I think it's between Son and De Bruyne, I would say, maybe. Uh, I think I would go with De Bruyne. Maybe I'm missing someone, but just like this, I'm going to go with De Bruyne. But I have to mention Son as well. Not a bad shout. Armand, if a player turns up late to a match day team meetup, what's the appropriate punishment? For a team meetup? For, for a game? Or... Yeah, for a game. Like on game day, you know, the team meets up, they're, they're coming late. What's the appropriate punishment? Um, I would say yeah, tough one. I would say I would say like a warning, and if it happens again, then bench. Bench. So, so if like Lila Messi got came in late for the semi-final of the Champions League, and then he comes in late again for the final, you drop him to the bench. Well, then no. <laughs> What if it's the second goalkeeper? What if it happens to the second then goalkeeper? Yes. <laughs> oh, if I it's like yeah, Ramsdale. It happened with, with Rashford at Wolves. Well, he got he was late in a meeting. And I was on the bench. And it was the winner, so it worked out in the end. But yeah, it's difficult. Do you want to be disciplined? Then again, you, you lose the, the important player. So yeah, Messi would have to sit out for one. Okay. Fair enough. I think you have to take your microphone a bit closer to you. We hear you cutting in and out. Yeah. Yo. Okay. <laughs> just wanted to ask those questions just to see what Is what it personal? Uh, no, no, not at all. No, no, no. Of course oh, not. Okay, okay. Neither of those questions were personal. Okay. Boys, let's talk title race. Um, <laughs> Arsenal gave the title away most likely at home to Brighton losing 3-0. Meanwhile, City won 3-0 in Liverpool, uh, Everton's ground. Surely this is game over? Arsenal looking back at a successful season still? Is it a bit complicated? Where do you stand, Armand? It's been it's been three days now, um, or two days, I should say, since Saturday, uh, Sunday. How do, you, how do you feel? Where do you stand? Um, yeah, now, I mean, now it's over. Uh, over and on. You know, when I when I watched the City Everton game, and they won, obviously, that kind of deflated me. And when I start to watch Arsenal game, I just thought, okay, this is gonna be really tough. But we still have to run a win, catch run. And I think that was kind of what the players were feeling as well. That City game, where you. Thought maybe at this part everything could be something that they just won convincingly. That kind of deflated them as well, and they were kind of you could see they were gone. I mean, emotionally, they were drained. They were not really 
putting on fresh vest. They normally do fighting work, maybe, by the way. I've never seen someone demerit that good in a long time. That was really impressive. And yeah, now it's over. I mean, at least now I can relax a bit more. Normally, it's been very stressful, you know, watching all the analyzes. What does he think? What does Gary Neville think? What does, I don't know, Martin Keon think? And now it's just like, okay, it's over. I really hope the the sound quality is better than what it is right now because I don't know yeah. something something is is weird with with your mic still. But I I I think I get the the gist that it's that it's over and and Arsenal have conceded the title. It's very much what what Arteta said as well on on, on the weekend. Now Toto, if this was any other club in any other situation, if this was a Liverpool, we'd be talking a failure of having not reached the target, having having come short. Is this still the case for Arsenal? Are we still? Are they still? At the, looking back on a good season, I think the, the the problem for me is the way the fans were like acting. I think that's the the, the reason people are saying that Arsenal bottled it because the fans were like, "Yeah, we are the best team in the world. We are going to win the league. There is no way City can come back." And I think that's the main reason why people are talking about Arsenal bottling the league, but. In my opinion, I don't think I think they did it in a way, but it's not a failure. I mean, they they come a long way. Like two years ago, they they weren't like even in the top six. I think I'm not sure, but I think they weren't even in the top six. And now they're like second. They they did challenge for the league with with Man City, which is like I think only Liverpool did it in the past five years, which is I think huge for Arsenal. So I don't see it as a failure, but. Oh, there will be always people saying that it's it's a failure that they bottled it, but I don't see it that way. But I'm kind of happy with that. But. I mean, of course, if this was like if it, if it almost had gone the other way around, if if City had led the way throughout yeah, most that of the would season, be, yeah, and then Arsenal got closer and closer and closer, and they'd be in this position now, having maybe had a poor start and a really strong finish this season, everyone would be like, oh yeah, they're going to be strong next year. And now it's kind of the opposite, so it feels like yeah, they've failed perhaps but maybe looking at the bigger picture is really important here yeah, we discussed this before are we where are we in in this sort of in the process of of Arteta and, and Edu's reign at Arsenal Arman is this is next year are you expecting them to be stronger are we are we going to see Arsenal taking a step back with Champions League football coming back as well what what's the outlook here where, where are we at on a bigger scale yeah, I mean, the, the, the future is definitely exciting. Uh, I saw an article in the Times where they said that Arsenal are going to go big this summer. And they were, of course, like they're going to spend around 12, 12, 15 million this summer. So, yeah, if that is the case, then um, sure, we can't challenge again and we should uh, lose before again. But in my experience, it's just not that easy. You know, you see how much Chelsea spent. This year, if then yeah, then, then Chelsea. But when you are after half games, if you have 50 points, it's disappointing not to win it. You know, if it's top all season, I don't, I don't care about second good season. I mean, they, 
I mean, if in the second floor it doesn't matter, yeah, it's day it's just so nothing. But does this does this fate? I mean, I understand your disappointment. I understand that you know you wanted more. If once you've been in the lead for so long, there was a time you know you were five and more points ahead of City with games in hand. Even it looked really good. So you're going to be disappointed, of course. You're going to have that disappointment. It, on a larger scale, though, will you still look at it as progress, or will that have will this disappointment have kind of set you back a bit? If that makes sense. Oh no, definitely. We're I think way ahead of schedule, but I don't think, as I said many times on the podcast, that football is very perfect and not we're just gonna be like perfect uh, uh, flight upwards. It's gonna be bumps along the way, I'm sure next week. Yeah, I mean we just don't know. I mean we can speculate. Uh, the whole podcast we just don't know we don't know what players are going to bring in how it's going to look our team going to be massively disappointed now and really hurt for when they bounce back but uh, but um, i mean um, i'm i'm at least we're back top now and we are here now again So looking at Arsenal's season, a lot of been, has been made of, of injuries to key people, Saliba being out for, for the last few weeks, months even at this point, has, has put a massive dent in their title hopes. What do you, what do you make responsible for, for this? We've obviously discussed how good City are and how they are the benchmark, and we'll speak about City in a second. But where do you see what Arsenal contributed to the, to the downfall? I mean, I think, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Gary Neville was talking about it on Sky, I think it was. And I think the interview that he gave about that was really interesting. And I think that people should should go watch it because it's really interesting, like the discussion you had with Michael Richards. But I think, in a way, they can't compete with Man City on the squad depth. It's not even squad depth because we, I don't know if you saw the graphics, but Man City is the team that used the, the less players in the league. And I think they just have quality where they need to have. And even like a backup, you can you can have one one day you can have De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Mares, Grealish, and the other day you can have Foden, you can have Gundogan, you can have so many players that are talented, Julian Alvarez as well. And I think that makes a point because Arsenal got quality, but on the bench you got maybe two, three players. That's it. I'm not going to say that the the, the whole bench of Arsenal is not not good enough, but I think if you want to challenge for the title, you need to have a better bench. And I think that's the problem. But now it comes to the management because I know like I know that some players don't want to be on the bench, but the way Guardiola is managing the city, I think it's quite it's the best way to do it. Players don't play in 90 minutes every game, but they do have all time to play. And I think it's a good way. I don't know if Arteta can bring that to Arsenal, if players want to, to do that as well at Arsenal. But I mean, if you can do that as well, and if they have the budget as well, it comes to the budgets. But I think it can be a good thing for for the future. But on the side of of, of City, obviously, we we discussed their season as well, and and how they've really been turning it on since maybe like February, round about there, round about the FA Cup game, uh, they they won against Arsenal. I can't hear you now, Armand. Oh. No. 
apologies for some technical difficulties. <laughs> I'll ramble on while Armand fixes his mic issues. But basically, what I was what I was saying is, City have have been on this amazing run of form, and they look invincible. They look like they're going for the treble. They're a game away from from getting past Real Madrid, which at this point we could see happening. Uh, they're favourites really? to win the FA Cup as well. We could see it happening. I'm not saying it's going yeah. to happen, but okay. I'm saying okay. if the, the first they, did, they didn't fuck it up in the first leg, that's for yeah. sure. Can you hear me now? Yes, that's much yeah, better. Hello. Okay, better. Now, uh, when they drew against Nottingham Forest, since then they won every single game. Yeah. So something clicked for City, right? So yeah. So the question it was I have was the same now day is... where we won at Aston Villa away in the last minute. You know when Virginia scored the banger. Yeah. That day they drew Nottingham Forest, and if you think back, how long this was, how long, how much long time this was ago, and they won every game since then, then mm. you just really it's out of your hands. I mean, they're just a better team. Yeah, for sure. So the the question I was going to ask about about City is: is there anything at all that you that suggests they won't just get better and better and better? Is it maybe? Gundogan leaving, De Bruyne getting into his early 30s now. Is there anyone who you can see that can compete with them? Year after year, people fall short. You said it there, Toto, like it's only Liverpool with that one amazing season in, in 2020 it was when they won the title. Five years, are, are the rest of those five years have been dominated by City now. Is there any hope for any other teams? I think the hope is then maybe they get a bit too satisfied with their success. Because even Guardiola said in an interview once that it's very difficult to win consecutive titles with the same team. You have to, you have to shake. He said. So, yeah, I mean, he's right. And they maybe need two, two or three players who bring that new hunger and the new energy. I don't think they're just going to be there if they're looking great. I mean, they are. But maybe they could get a bit, you know, if we play at home against Leeds, uh, we're going to beat them. And then we're going to move on and where other teams are maybe really hyped to get three points, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't really see it, to be honest <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I mean, there was like rumors saying that Gundogan will leave this summer. I think it's going to be the case. Apparently, Bernardo Silva wants to move as well. You say De Bruyne is getting a bit old as well. Maybe in the future, he won't be at his best ever again. We don't know. I hope for him that he's going to stay that, at that level for a long time, but we never know. And I think it can be a, a real change because those players, those three players, are like the, the players that you need in a team. If you want to compete, you need those players. They're so good. They're so good to watch. Even like Gundogan this weekend against Everton. I mean, you saw the two goals, you saw the assists. He's just he's just so good. And if you lose those players, I think it can be very difficult for them because I'm not sure you can replace them. It's very difficult to find those type of players. And maybe it can be a good thing for other clubs. I think Liverpool are going to be strong next year again. We can see that uh, on the, the, the end of the season, they're really good and they look very strong. And with the summer transfer, they can have some good players coming in as well. So maybe... In two, three years, can be difficult for City again. So we'll see. Just a short term question for you guys: Do you think? Who do you think you're gonna you're gonna play against Real Madrid on the wing? 
that's the thing. Foden and Morris look amazing against Everton. Yeah, uh, Foden was Everton, so good. Yeah. Patterson was having nightmares. I'd rather have Foden, to be honest, against Carvajal than yeah. Grealish. I, I think he I for me it's a hundred percent that he's gonna play Grealish. I think he was it was a calculated yeah, really? thing he did. Yeah, he, he rotated him out in order yeah, to, to play. Yeah. So so that I don't think he's gonna Yeah, exactly. I think he, he might he might bring him on after an hour, you know, if if Grealish has, has not made significant impact. But for me, uh, Jack Grealish given his form, given the, the shape of the team as well, if he's in it. And he played well in the in the first leg. You know, I thought first, first half especially, he had a good game, whipped in a few crosses that, that found Haaland maybe should have scored from one of them. So for me, there's no way he's not starting Jack Grealish in, in that game. Yeah. It just, because I think Carvajal, I think Foden has a big pace advantage, you know? Yeah. But I, I think he might, he might, he might he might roll the dice with, with 20 minutes or half an hour to go, you know? He might he might bring yeah, Foden on. Then. Yeah, it will depend on the game and the results and everything, but obviously. Yeah. Uh, we've, we spoke there a lot about, you know, the, the Grealishes, the Haaland's, the De Bruyne's, the, the Gundogan who might leave, the Bernardo Silva's. Are there any unsung heroes for, for Man City that, that you want to highlight, Toto? I think the whole defense. It has been the, the problem for City in the past few seasons. Maybe not with, after the, 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 the after company left, I think I would say. But I think it has been the, the weakness. And now it seems not to be the case anymore. Akanji, Ake. I, I want to highlight Ake and Akanji because I know that Roman Diaz, John Stones, Skywalker are players that we know they are so good. And Hake had a difficult start at Man City, but now he seems to be just a monster. And it's the same with Akanji. It was tough for him at Dortmund. Maybe I know it's not the same thing, and I know we don't have him the same at Dortmund and Man City, but he just looks so strong at Man City. And yeah, those two players are just just too good at the moment. And that's why I think City are very, very good, and it's tough for other teams to compete against them. Do you, do you go with that, Arman? Is the defence for you the, the sort of the surprisingly strong side of, of City or who who do you think is maybe flying under the radar in their team? Um, I think it's one of the most pragmatic cities we've seen in a long time because they play with four centre-backs at the back and they don't, They yeah, they go into midfield but you don't really see them bombing on on the, on the wing. So I don't know about unsung hero. They've been good in the second part of the season, definitely. For me, the biggest unsung hero in the city side is definitely Rotary. I think if he doesn't play, it's, it's a very different side. You know, he wins most of his duels. He plays it. He sets the tempo. He literally sets the tempo. You know, you can clearly see it. He, he has a good he has a good shot as well. Last year... Against, against Bayern this year well. against Bayern, yeah, in the big moments he also can create create something going forward. So I think he's massive. And if he doesn't play, I think if like he, him and De Bruyne maybe are out, then all of a sudden they have problems, you know. Yeah, I mean this is this is the other thing I was I was thinking about on on the way home today is is you know we we had a discussion a lengthy one actually about arsenal's injury record right when saliba uh went down with his injury and and how lucky they've been and i think 
there is every chance that we could look at a different title race if the injuries had hit Man City. You know, I mean, Saliba, we've we've talked about how monumental he is for Arsenal. But the flip side of that is that City have been really lucky with with injuries. They've had all their players available when they most needed them. You know, I mean, look at City's injury list now. There is Foden came back a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember big players missing big games for them pretty much yeah. over the past two, three months. Whereas other clubs, I mean, we've spoken about United missing players. Newcastle have had, have had injuries to, to key people and Arsenal significantly have had that as well. You know, Liverpool play without Diaz all season pretty much. So all the, the teams in and around them have had worse luck or have, have done, I don't know, have not had the luxury of rotating the squad as much as Man City, but they've just managed to keep the key players fit. Yeah when it most matters between February and May. I think it's a key word, rotation. Sorry, Toto, I'm going to let you speak. It's a key word because Rashford has been playing every game, every game, which I can criticize because they don't really have anyone. But, you know, City, they can rotate. You can see Foden coming in. You can see Alvarez coming in for Haaland. So I don't think it's luck. I should think... It's probably a very good medical team as well, good physios. You know, you have to appreciate them as well. It's not just luck and the rotation, of course. Sorry, Toto, I just wanted to... I was going to say exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's that, but that that also plays into what we spoke about, about squad depth and, and, you know, giving managers the the license to rotate. Because if your options to, to sub off Rashford mean bringing on someone like Anthony Elanga, you're less likely to do it than when you can bring Mares off for someone like Phil Foden. Yeah, yeah I hope he could easily play like Garnacho in a, in a Corbao. Yeah, Cup. but also but also Garnacho was injured, you know. Garnacho has, yeah. has missed the last month uh, since before the international break, actually. Yeah, but then, so, then the problem is that like player like Sancho, he should be the, the one who should be able to play and it's not the fault of anyone. Of it's course. Bad luck or I don't know. Or so, yeah. It, but... Maybe maybe a final word. Let's 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 leave it. Let's leave the title race in just under a minute, boys. Final words. Who is going to be the one team to challenge City next season? Like we just saw Arsenal challenge them. I'm going to say Liverpool. Can't hear you again, Armand. Sorry. Go again. He's gone again. Uh, once again, apologies for the technical issues. You, Toto says, says Liverpool. I would love to say Manchester United. Now? Now it's better. Now no, it's better. Okay, I don't know what's going on. Um, I, I said uh, no one. I don't think anyone can challenge him next year. You think That's they'll, they'll win it by a landslide? Unfortunately, yes. Okay. Yeah, when I say challenge, I'm not going to say like they are going to be like one point behind them. I'm just going to be like... Because I really think they found the system now with Haaland and with the centre-backs and I don't really see them dropping many points. They will drop points, of course, but I don't think many. I mean, out of the 36 they've played, they've won all but eight to this season and they've conceded 31 goals, so it does look like... Yeah, they do. And they are they are deserved Maybe. champions. I said I would love to say Manchester United, but yeah, as but long as the ownership rest, isn't rest. sorted out, do you know? I think it's very simple. If if United do get better owners and if they manage to sign Harry Kane, I think that will automatically make them t- title challengers. I think Harry Kane can be that guy to score twenty five, thirty goals for them. Um, 
obviously you still need to look at strengthening in centre midfield. You still need to look at the goalkeeping situation. But for me, Harry Kane, if if they buy Harry Kane, that's a very strong signal that United are are they mean business next season. Yeah. I almost think anyone because there's not really a market right now for for big strong centre forwards because uh, they're either already just transferred or they're you know they're old and at big giant Spanish clubs um, and also United won't be the only team looking for one next summer so so that would be a real statement signing and if I think if they can get Harry Kane that will that will be a big a strong signal to the rest of the league that they do mean business. At this moment in time, 16th of May, 2023, I do not see it happening at all. <laughs> okay, boys, let's... let's. Do you know that in France, yeah. people think that he's going to, to Paris? Who? Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Uh, what? Yeah, if you go, to, I go on Twitter with people from France, and they all think that Harry Kane is going to Paris. Yeah, Twitter is a good source. But the, yeah, but they're, they're a bit deluded. I, no, I get that, but I'm not saying that he's going to Paris, but just to say that. Yeah, okay. This is the room. All right, boys, let's take a break. And when we're back, we will talk relegation fight. And we are back. Let us talk relegation race, boys. I sent you uh, a little a little clip or a little photo, I should say, in the group chat this morning, just kind of giving you an overview of the situation uh, Southampton have now been confirmed as as relegated. They're on on 24 points with 36 games played. If they win both of their last games, they'll still end up below Everton, currently sat in 17th. In 19th place is Man is Leicester City. Sorry, uh, 30 points. They are one point behind Leeds with 31. Two points behind Everton on 32. And Nottingham Forest seem to be just clawing their way out of trouble on 34. This is the age-old question. You know what I'm going to say. Who's going down, Toto? Southampton. <laughs> I was going to say that as well. That's Arman <laughs> with his with his clever answers. Okay, who else is going down, Toto? Uh, I mean, I don't now seeing the, the 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 table. I don't think Everton will go down. They've got to play Wolverhampton and Bournemouth, which I think they can grab points against them. Who? Um, what? Who they play against? Bournemouth and Wolverhampton. What's wrong? I I love the 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 spelling. Oh okay, yeah. Sorry, he's not he's not as as hackney as you are, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go again. Sorry. Who do you Sorry. think will go down? Uh, so um, I think it would be between Leeds and Leicester. Uh, Leicester, I don't think they can grab points against Newcastle. And against Winston, it's going to be tough. Even though I've, we saw it against Fulham, we went to the game, they can score goals, they know how to score goals, but defensively, they're so bad. It was it was so bad. And there were so many players, Like I don't want to, to say that, but Tillmans... You remember when he was he was running it, after 45 minutes, it was just out of breath. It was shocking, and I, I don't think Leicester can do can do something. I think they will go down, and then it's between Nottingham and Leeds, and they both have difficult run. They both have to play tough game, but given the fact that Nottingham are two points above Leeds, I think it's going, it's going to stay like that. I think Leeds and Leicester are going down with Southampton. 
Yeah, I'm, but I'm again, not... again, if, again, if West Ham want to fuck everyone down, they can do it. So it all depends on West Ham, but I don't think they will do that. So I'm going to stay with Leicester and Leeds. I mean, I, I, I mean, we, we, we were obviously sat next to each other when we were looking at at Tielemans when they had that away game at Craven Cottage the other week, and and for someone who was once. Uh, a huge prospect. I remember massive clubs being after him. I remember him being pipped with a move to everyone from Manchester City to Real Madrid. Um, and in between... On FIFA as well. On FIFA, he was a huge starlet, which, which you know, for the younger generation is always a relevant, um, a relevant factor. And he just looked like something was wrong. He looked unfit. He looked uninterested. He looked like he couldn't care. He was brought off after like 56 minutes-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I... I only watched the second half of the game last night against Liverpool, but even then he looked like he didn't really want to be there, didn't really care. Uh, and for a and player, he's the club captain. As the club captain, the, well, I think Johnny Evans was captain last night, but yeah, point yeah, being, true, he's yeah. one of the leaders, he's one of the, the best players, supposedly, uh, at least, definitely since day one, the, the title in, in 2016, he's been one of the club's best players. Uh, really worrying signs. So for me, as much as I don't want to see Leicester go down, I think, I think, they're doomed unfortunately uh and I, I also agree i think Leeds are putting up a tremendous fight they did really well to get a point at newcastle but uh le- less less heavy-heartedly i can i i'm gonna predict them to go down as well arman who are your two extra teams apart from southampton that you see going down yeah you, you touched on it there i think Leeds. they really should have gotten that victory against newcastle that was a must win for Leeds. And yeah, Leicester, they look really, they look like they're gone. I mean, when Liverpool scored, you there was no chance that Leicester gonna going to come back in this game. I had no trust whatsoever. So it really shocked me. It really shocked me how, how bad it went for Leicester in the last... Um, weeks because I think they're just I think I said it on a podcast with you once they were just all of a sudden they're down there and now they're panicking and they don't know how to deal with that whereas the other teams Nottingham Forest, Leeds, even Everton at at a certain point they knew we're fighting for our lives here and it's going to be it's going to go right to the wire we know what we're what we're in and we're going to lose games. And Leicester, I think, they're so shook about this situation that they don't know how to deal with it at all. They seem like they seem like they they freeze, you know? They don't know what they're doing. So, yeah, I really fear for Leicester. They're not great fixers. I mean, Newcastle away. I mean, St. James's Park has been a fucking fortress this season, so... I don't see anything there. And then West Ham at home. I mean, let's see. It's going to be really tough. It de- I mean, depends on the on the others. I think Leeds could get a win against Tottenham at home. To be fair, I think I think they could win. I honestly think yeah. I honestly believe it, they could win there. Yeah, and... but I think the, the problem is that Tottenham will battle. Will give everything for the the top five or top six. More more likely to be the top six. But yeah, yeah, you say that, but. Tottenham away been so shocking and Leeds are going to yeah. be they're going to be on them and I think Everton will probably because they got the best fixtures I would say they will probably 
stay up. And Nottingham Forest, I think they lose both games, to be honest. So they just have to hope that they will... Yeah, that's the thing. That their points tally will be enough. I think I think Crystal Palace away, they're going to lose. And Arsenal at home, uh, I think they're going to lose. I, I think they're going to lose as well. Just about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's... Uh, I want to... I wanna... Dive into something that that was was a hot topic on on uh, the weekend with the the Everton game. Jordan Pickford, England's number one goalkeeper, he's obviously got well a bit of pressure on him now that two of 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 uh, the top four teams also have England goalkeepers uh, with Nick Pope and and Aaron Ramsdale playing for Newcastle and Arsenal respectively. Where do you see? Jordan Pickford, because we all know Gareth Southgate is really loyal to to his players. He's he's uh, he likes to put trust in the same players. How good do you think Jordan Pickford is, Toto? Maybe you start on this one. You know what? I I don't really rate him, but the problem uh, we were talking about it with Seth, uh, with Seth and Dwayne uh, last Wednesday. The problem is that with the English national team. He never let uh, Southgate down. I think he's been the, the keeper that they need with the English England national team, and that's a problem. I really think that Pope and Ramsey are better keeper, but with the England national team, I never saw him like do a, a huge mistake. He's never been shit with the England national team, so we need to take that in to take that in consideration. I think. But again, if Everton go down, I don't think it would be the case. But if Everton go down and he has to play in the championship, or I think he will move to a better club, but that can be a huge loss for him. But I don't think Southgate would change anything. I just don't see it happen. But I do think that Pope and Ramsdale should play. But I'm not the manager, so... Armin, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, to be honest, I agree because... Pickford has never let England down. Yeah. And he's been very good. But when I see some goals flying in and and I watch obviously Ramsdale week in, week out, I honestly think Ramsdale is absolutely class. I think he's amazing. He how he distributes the ball. Shut up, Toto, I can see you. <laughs> how he distributes the ball, honestly. It's amazing, and you see his performances at, at St. James's Park, at, uh, at Anfield, at Tottenham. I mean, some of the saves, I mean, it was ridiculous. And if you combine these two qualities, yeah, he has, he has like a mistake in him, and he's young, and I, and I do get that. But I think with going forward, he's going to be one of the best keepers in the world. Honestly, Ramsdale, I think he's amazing. You and still I understand though why Southgate sticks with. I, with I do understand. I do understand, and I think it's because we also have to see like the human side of it as well. You know, you can probably imagine they have a very good relationship, and probably they they get on really well with each other and and the team in general. So, I do think we have to see that aspect of it as well because it's just it's just there, and the trust is obviously there. I think Ramsdale and Pope have to kind of hope that Pickford fucks up, basically, mm. and they they can swoop in. But what what did you say before? Ramsdale what? to be one of the best keeper in the world. Therefore, bro, honestly, wow. he's amazing. Well, okay. because I think some of the some of the things you just don't see 
really good when you watch like highlights. The way he he's so calm on the ball, and yeah, he he has made a mistake. Yeah, we saw that. I, think I get that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I get that. And sometimes these things happen. But even yeah. like sometimes he kicks it perfectly to the wingers, and that just sets up the attack again and again. And I think if you add if you add that up all the time, how we can play through the lines as well. I mean, it's risky, but sometimes you need that to get up, the, get out of press and. It's so exhausting for a team if they if you constantly beat their press. Honestly, for me, I I wouldn't swap Ramsdale with anyone at the moment. I really wouldn't. Yeah, I think and it's it so young as well. The way you play as well. Yeah, I think it yeah, on yeah, the way that's you true. Play. That's true. That's true. I mean, if England need that profile of keeper, yeah, that's mm. uh, that's down to Southgate. But for me, yeah. I, I don't really see uh, see any reason why not. I mean, I'm I'm obviously a bit, a bit biased, but. Uh, <laughs> No, 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 you're, you're, no, 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 this is fine. I'd love, to, I'd love to weigh in on, on the goalkeeper debate, but I support a club called Manchester United and we have David De Gea in goal, so I can't really talk goalkeepers at all. Um, I, I do want to just kind of get a final word on, on Pickford from you, Armand. Where, like maybe for a second, forget about the Ramsdale Pope and Pickford discussion, but but talk to me about how you rate him because Toto was very clear in saying he doesn't really rate Pickford, even though he's never let Southgate down. His performances for England have been good. Where do you see Jordan Pickford? Is he is he as as good as perhaps his international pedigree makes him look? Is he a keeper you can win a World Cup with, or is he where where is he? No way. I. To be honest, I have a bit of a problem with with uh, small goalkeepers. I don't know why. It's just it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable if I'm supporting, I don't know, Everton for 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 example against City, Bayern. I, I just, Bayern and with Sommer as well. So I don't know. It's that just in my head, but I just don't see that. Say you remember like Donnarumma in the in the the Europe. Um, in the, the Euros in the final. final, in the Euros final, like the presence that that, that yeah. he was so big, he was like almost the goal was so small. So that that's that's I think one aspect I always had in my mind with Pickford. But other than that, I think he's he's a good goalkeeper. I think. So you prefer he... Pope to Ramsdale then? No, no, because <laughs> I don't think yeah, Pope is a bit bigger. But let's just stay on Pickford. I think his <laughs> distribution is very well. He's a very good left foot as well. He can uh, he can kick. Very good and very precise, and he's. I think he's also a, a leader for Everton. Um, so I can I can see that dropping off on some England players. You know, he has that passion, and he he certainly. Um, yeah, he certainly has that has that mentality. I think to, to be an England goalkeeper. But if he's good enough, I, I don't know. But I do think he's a good keeper. I think he he gets a bit more stick. Than he, than he deserves. I think I do think he's a quality keeper. Okay, let's move on to the European race now. I think we lost Armin. I don't know if he's still with us, uh, but either way, we will move on to the European race. We were a few weeks ago saying how United looked safe in the top four, then two losses on the bounce made that interesting again. They're now sat four points ahead of Liverpool at the moment. Do we give Brighton and Aston Villa a chance, maybe, where after Brighton's 
two big wins against Arsenal and United. Well, what are your what are your thoughts on the whole situation, Toto? Who's going to be in in those European back? spots? Sorry. You are back. Yes, of course you're fine. Okay, yeah. sorry. Uh, I think the, the the top three is going to stay like that. I think Arsenal and Man City it's over, but I think Newcastle will stay third, and then coming to Man United and Liverpool is going to be so close. And I don't. I think Liverpool will win both of the two games. And I think it will just depend on United. I, I don't. I, I I can't say if they are going to stay in the top four or not. It just depends on them, and that's the problem. I think that's the biggest problem because they, they play Bournemouth, Bournemouth away, and Chelsea and uh, Fulham at home on the last day of the season. So they need two wins out of those three games. Yeah, I, I, I see. I see Newcastle more likely dropping out than Man United. Really? Just just because of the fixtures? Yeah, because Newcastle has to uh, has again play against Brighton and, and Chelsea away and yeah I mean Chelsea are not in the best uh, form but it's, it's still I think not an easy fixture yeah, sure. and I'm, 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 I do think they're going to stay in it but I tend to see Newcastle dropping points than, than Man United because Man United just got really? I think, easier easier fixtures yeah they got, just got yeah, easier but fixtures West Ham was supposed to be an easy fixture as well that's the problem I know I, I know yeah I know I know but I I do honestly still see. Uh, I do think they're going to be in the top four. United. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they can be, but it will depend on them, and I'm not sure 100. percent But Liverpool will finish top four, or top five, and I think when it comes to top six and top seven, um, I think Brighton are going to stay six. I I don't think that Tottenham or Aston Villa can chase them down. They've got two games to play in hand and they're one point above uh, Tottenham at the moment and Aston Villa as well. So I think they're going to stay at that spot and I don't think going to change on the, for that. But then when it goes to the for the seventh place between Tottenham and Aston Villa, I really don't know. I, I think don't have, Tottenham have to play Brentford and what's the other one? Oh, I'm not, I don't know, off my, off my heart. Leads away. Leads, leads away, yes. Leads. Yeah, leads. I think I think it's going to be Tottenham. I think it's going to, to be Tottenham, yeah. You I mean, mean out of Tottenham or West Aston Villa, you mean? Yeah. No. I think it's going to be Tottenham. Really? I think Tottenham, I think Tottenham will look shocking. Especially yeah, away I from home. Was... I don't see them I see getting them. it. Really? Okay. You, you think Aston Villa are going to do I think it? Aston Villa is just... If you look at the momentum... Yeah, As of village, course. They just have nothing to lose, and they, they can yeah, but... because they've been in a relegation fight. I think in the first half of the season, and now they're like the second or third best team or something in the uh, since half of of the Premier League. I, I mean they, I mean they have to go to Anfield. I know, but yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the one side. time. It's the one time per episode where Armand mentions his love for Anfield Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love Anfield. <laughs> no, no, love is a strong word. Sorry, Arsenal fans. Wow. I, I don't love. Wow. I just appreciate the, a good, but I'm a, the good, uh, a good atmosphere. Yeah, uh, we we know yeah. we know you love it. It's fine. You can you can admit your love. You know, it's not there's nothing there's nothing wrong <laughs> no, with no. it. Yeah. Boys, I want to I want to get a quick word on our best friends Chelsea. Uh, they've now confirmed Pochettino as their new manager. Hit me thoughts, Toto. Nothing to say. That just going to. I don't know. Nothing to say. Nothing to say. Arman, do you want to say something? Honestly, I think he could sort them out. 
I really do. Really? Yeah, I really do. I, I think he, I, I really like the, I really like Pochettino as a manager. And I think maybe because of the Paris job, some people yeah, but, think. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm not talking about Yeah, Paris. it's a very difficult job, you could say, yeah. maybe. It's a, it's a similar job to Chelsea, but yeah. I, I think he can get his style of play and he can really. He knows what he wants, and he clearly has an identity of play. And I think he's gonna quickly see in preseason which player are for him and which not. And if you look at the team, if you look at the midfield, Kovacic, Conte, and I don't know anyone so. Mount or that's a that's a really good midfield, you know. And if you look at the um, the front end of the pitch, how I many they got. A lot of talent there, you know, and I think a manager like uh, Pochettino could get something out of them. I'm not saying they're going to compete now for the title, but I, 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 they could challenge for top four next year. I think they're not. I don't think they're going to be uh, down in this in the in the second half of the on the table again. No, of course I'm not saying that they're going to be ten or eleven, but I don't. I just don't think that going to to compete for the top four. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's a bit early, but I, I do, I do worry a bit more now. Really? Yeah, but let's hope I'm wrong and you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's enjoy this period of, of not having to worry about. Yeah, I would say that as well. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Okay, uh, boys, I want to, I want to just quickly open up uh, a sort of a new section of the pod um, because we are called the Swiss Ballers Pod, aren't we? And we do have five Swiss players in the Premier League. They uh, Some of them play for really big clubs. Others play for Chelsea. Um, I, I, I'm talking about, about uh, Dennis Zakaria at Chelsea. I'm talking about <clears throat> sorry Fabian Scher at, at Newcastle. Manuel Akanji has had a brilliant season at Man City. Remo Floyer, Froiler has been flying under the radar at Nottingham Forest, as he always does. And Granit Xhaka has been one of Arsenal's big performers all season. These are five huge names for the Swiss national team as well. They're 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 all leaders. They're all in their late twenties, early thirties. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, what 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 are your thoughts on them? Are there any standouts? Have they had good seasons? Do you see anyone leaving their club out of those five? Uh, Arman, what are your thoughts on these? Um, yeah, I think they're all doing well. I mean, uh, especially. Cher and Chaka and then Akanji. I don't really see them moving on. I mean, yeah, Chaka, sorry. I forgot. They they want to maybe ship him out. So that's a bit worrying. I don't think it's good for Arsenal as well. But yeah, I mean, I'm so impressed with Akanji. How he just came into his Man City side and Guardiola obviously saw something in him that maybe Dortmund didn't. Which, again, credit to him. What the... I mean, what an amazing, he's such a presence, but he, he has that calmness as well, you know. He plays the ball really calm. He rarely does any mistakes. And a lot of wingers, you know, really have really struggled against him. Soccer really struggled against him. Even like a player like uh, Anthony Gordon, I remember, didn't have any chance against him, you know. And I mean, I could name a lot of wingers. So I, I have to say I'm really impressed with, with our country. Toto, do you want to add anything on on Denis Zakaria, who's from the same town as as you, and and, and maybe Remo Freuler as well? 
I, I think maybe I can just add something. Uh, I do agree with for Akanji, but I want to say as well Fabian Scher. Fabian Scher, we, we know that he's a good player, but this year he has just been, wow, it just has been fantastic. He's been so good with Botman at the back for Newcastle. And yeah, he's been one, one of the best centre-back of the season in the Premier League. Not the not the one, or not in the top three, I'm not saying that, but he's been one of the best one. And yeah. And when it goes to, to Zakaria, he didn't play that much for, for Chelsea. That That's a shame because I think he's a really good player. We saw that with the Swiss national team. We saw that when we played for for, for Chelsea. He doesn't seem to be like, when you, when you watch him, he doesn't seem to be like, he's not top player when you watch him. Like, you don't want to watch him, but the way, I think you need him in the team. The, the, the work hate he has in the team is just so important. And I do really like that about it, about him. But I think he's on loan from Juventus, so I think he will go back there and maybe move from Juventus as well because he didn't play for them. But I think he is a, he's a player that team should should try to, to have because I think he, he has the quality to play for, for a very good team. And when it comes to Fowler, I didn't watch that much of Nottingham, but I think he should move. If they, especially if they go down, I don't think they will go down. But I think he should just move to another club. He, he was so good at at Atalanta, sorry, and now yeah. at Nottingham. I mean, he was the captain though. I, I don't really see why why he moved to 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 Nottingham. Maybe to to challenge for something else. But now he's challenging what the relegation battle. So I don't know. Okay, well, just on Zakaria, yeah. just shortly. Sometimes. What he lacks for me is that he sometimes he's a bit all over the place, you know, and he goes. I remember him watching at Stamford Bridge against City. I mean, I was watching on TV, not in the stadium. I was. And he was just. But... Yeah, yeah, you were at the stadium. Actually, you you could maybe tell a better story, but he was just sometimes a bit rushed and rushed a pass. Maybe went into a one v one, and that's just the side of him that maybe he needs to fix and he needs yeah. to fix that with, with game time, you know, he needs more experience yeah. and that Chelsea, you're just not gonna, I mean, maybe Pochettino is a huge fan of him. We don't know, but yeah. I actually he, personally he think to... he could be, I think Pochettino could be, could be um, a very good yeah, would be amazing. career. I mean, I'm going to make a yeah. sweeping statement here, but I think he could be almost like uh, scary. I know Musa Dembele at Spurs for, for Pochettino, strong, physical, powerful, quick, yeah, I don't know but how Dembele, much Pochettino you... will like players like Kovacic who yeah. are more pragmatic, slower-paced footballers, whereas Takaria really brings the dynamics that I know Pochettino really likes. So I, I could see that combination really working in Dennis yeah. Takaria's favour. But Arman, what you were saying about the game against Man City, I think it was his yeah. first game for like six months. Yeah. Okay. I, I, uh, I mean, I, 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 mean I, I mean, I get I your point. I see, I, yeah, I, I was watching the game and I found the same as you, but I was like, it's his first game since six months. He was yeah. injured. He didn't play before. So. Yeah, maybe I forgot forgot that part. But but no, I, I, I think he's a complete, completely different player than than Dembele. To be honest, yeah. Dembele never lost. Dembele never lost the ball, and he could like drive yeah. at players, and he has such good ball control. I don't think Zakaria being that role. I I see him like as that as that sitting midfield player just to 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 clean things, you know, just to get in the tackles and 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 move the ball quickly, you know. Passing it but to Luka Modric. Really... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, let's 
because well, we are running out of time and I don't want to bore our listeners too much. Um, of course, why would you be bored? But still, uh, the Champions League predictions. Uh, just just quickly, boys, let's talk about the second leg in the Milan derby. We spoke uh, extensively about AC Milan, who then went up to concede two goals in the first half hour against uh, Inter in the but first tonight, leg. Tonight there is no Champions League. Tonight it's Luton Town Sunderland. That's it. This is true, actually. A huge second leg in the playoffs as well. Uh, some people might watch the Champions League. Inter Milan versus <laughs> AC Milan. Who goes through, Arman? Uh, Inter Milan, definitely. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Chance I mean... Back. I hope so. I really hope so. I don't know, is, is Leo back? back? Yeah. Is he back? Yeah, maybe. Let's hope for a... No, 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 for, no. A big, for a big European night. I really hope... I, I really yeah. want a big game you know I really hope so for this big second leg in the San Siro but do you make do you, do you, you know, think they'll, I... they'll make use of that home field advantage <laughs> no they, they're playing away actually so there will be more Inter fans in the stadium yeah but, that, that was the joke oh it's in the, in the in the yeah I know but even the joke doesn't work okay okay. Uh, we're losing the thread no, here, boys. I, if, Sorry, sorry. I just want to quickly say, even in the in the first leg, I thought Inter were always closer to a third goal than Milan was to a to a to a, to the to their first goal. So it definitely needs something but, special for sure. Sure, it, it needs something a Pioli masterclass, maybe. Yeah, he's on fire. I heard. Speaking of something special, second leg, Manchester City versus Real Madrid. We're all not going to six aside. We're we're dropping training. We're really. We're not doing anything. Well, I'm injured anyway, so there's nothing I can no. do. But, <laughs> but there will be one of the two teams will go through between Manchester City and Real Madrid. First leg, 1-1. Toto, who's winning this? City. But just want to say, I, I told Armand about like Madrid being that team. And he was like, no, you can't say that. It's not because of the badge. No, you can't say that. And you saw that. They're just good players. But I didn't talk about the badge. You you went for the badge, yeah. but I was talking about the team. Okay, okay. Maybe I misunderstood. You. I just, you can't just rule them out of the, the Champions League. Yeah. I underestimate I, I them, definitely. I think City will go for Arman, you predicted a landslide for City. Are you still predicting yeah. a landslide for City? It's gonna. I mean, it's, I think it's all gonna depend on the first half. You know, um, sit, Real Madrid really need to focus that they don't let them City have to control all the time and wave after wave and the crowd going up. You know, because then I could see if they if they go in front one two, it's gonna be difficult. But for Real Madrid, just hold on and and they did and, well, and very well. Play the ball, yeah. They they, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a different game at the, at the yeah, end. I think they need to re- keep the ball, play offensively as well. You know, pose them problems, make them think about you, and then uh, it's gonna be an interesting game. I'm still gonna go for City, but uh, I really hope for Real Madrid. I really do. I, I don't want to see them winning the the treble. I really don't. And I hope <laughs> of you guys as well. Bubble. You need to win that fucking FA Cup final. Yeah, sure, yeah, honey. Gonna That's going to go great. Yeah, um, <laughs> I have to get used to the ring of uh, yeah. Inter Milan versus Manchester City Champions League final. Uh, definitely some news for my ears, but hey, maybe we're a good one. Boys, that's all we have time for. I thank again our listeners for tuning in to our first visual episodes. 
boys it was a pleasure seeing you not only talking to you but also seeing you uh we'll be back soon we'll be improving our sound and visual quality in due course uh again we apologize for the sound issues we've had in the first half of this pod and i shall see you very soon bye guys yes apologies again sorry it's okay we still love you